The following podcast contains spoilers and rude words. We watch it. Hello everybody and welcome back for another fun-filled round of We Watched a Thing. This week I'm joined once again by one of my favourite, favourite people in the world. Yes, there's that little smile that I love. It's my my friend and yours, Mr. Sam Hurley from Movie Reviews and 20Qs. How you doing, mate? I'm doing great, man. The bet signal went up and I, I thought to myself, somebody's in need. And then I got the, the desperate message from Billy of, hey, you know how you have thousands and thousands of listeners and, you know, we really want to improve the popularity of our podcast. Can you please come back? And I just went, I am vengeance. So now I'm here. No, you're one of the best people around because if I ever get stuck for a guest, I, I know I can always hit you up at the drop of a hat. Yeah, yeah, shit, yeah. It's, it's like I've got too much to say and I want the entire world to know that. I know. In fact, I accidentally paused when I introduced you because I went to say Sam Hurley from We Watched a Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> no, but if, if you ever if you ever want to step into Topher's shoes, mate, the spot's yours, buddy. <laughs> They're big shoes to fill, but oh, it's good to hear, Billy. Big shoes, but not as not as big as his head. <laughs> <laughs> True. It's a valid point. All right, well, let's get into it then. This is exciting. I was hoping to get to this one. I actually had tickets booked for opening day, and then unfortunately, COVID struck. So here I am two weeks late. But you still saw this opening day, didn't you? Absolutely did. Absolutely did. Have Uh, you only seen it the once? I've only seen it the once. We are being hit by the virus for the first time in any substantial ways or means down here in New Zealand. So we... I try to avoid going out in public as much as possible. So I'd managed to sneak out on the premise that I'd wear a mask the entire time. I'd socially distance myself, all that sort of fun stuff. And uh, yeah. yeah, managed to see it. Managed to see it on opening night, though. Nice. Well, let's get into it then. We are, of course, talking about The Batman, which is a 2022 American superhero film based on the DC Comics character Batman. It's a reboot of the Batman film franchise, is the way it's described on uh, Wikipedia. It was directed by Matt Reeves, who also wrote the screenplay with Peter Craig, and it stars Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro, Peter Sarsgaard, Andy Serkis, and Colin Farrell. And what is it about? It's about Peter What is it about Peter <laughs> I'm not falling for the speed. What is it about, Sam? (laughs) (laughs) No. All right, we'll play by we'll play by your rules, which on your show is the last person to have watched it, and I did get to this last night. So here we go. This is a film about the Batman, the titular Batman, played by Robert Pattinson, uh, who literally this film completely does away with the origin story. This is not about becoming Batman. This is about an already established Batman. There's literally zero origin story or explanation of any world building at all in this film. And it's about him going up against the Riddler, who is on a rampage against the elite of Gotham, trying to get rid of corruption in the city that's basically it it's a, honestly it's an insanely simple uh premise for a three-hour film i think like the actual bones of the plot of a very very basic really there's there's not many twists or turns in this film you reckon absolutely i do there's not one moment in this film where i went oh oh that's new it's um it's it's pretty it's pretty straightforward premise. Okay, it's a pretty straightforward premise, but I feel like the story is quite twisty and turny. There was really well, okay. Here's the thing: like once you've seen the cast list and you know who the villains are, it's easy to piece out who who the bad guys are. But I feel like the point that we get to, uh, like you know, like we we know that Riddler's the bad guy. Of course, we know yeah. that. It's it's no surprise. So when you see Paul Dano pop up here and there, we know it's him. But 
I feel like why he's targeting these people, how he's going about it, and then certainly a large part of the last act took me by really? surprise. I'll put it that Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the film. I totally did. But not at one point was I surprised by anything in the film. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I, I even got to admit it. Like, I'm normally the guy that sits there and goes, why is everybody not noticing that Bruce Willis is dead? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I forgot which I think I talked about when I was on here last talking about Sixth Sense. Like, there's, yeah. there's a lot of them. Even um, Usual Suspects, because I so say, I was one of those people that was like, this guy's the bad guy. But I feel like yeah. that was through cultural osmosis of um, everyone around me telling me in subtle ways, like, you'll never believe the twist ending, that I was like, oh, I'm going to look out for this. <laughs> The first time I watched Usual Suspects, but for this, there was like there was at least a decent couple of twists that made okay. me go, "Oh, oh, wow, wow, that's interesting." Maybe it's just because I got to it so late and was expecting more. But both my wife and I, who who saw it with me, we walked out going like it, it was good, but like no, no, no surprises in that film. I feel like maybe I'm playing it up a little bit more. I feel like the one main one I had was when they actually flooded the city. Like when he had a grandmaster scheme, I, I sort of knew what that was, but I was quite surprised that it was as grandiose. Because uh, yeah, you know, okay. I, I feel like more because this film is quite grounded in its reality, and yeah, you, definitely, you're not having that giant world-ending sort of stuff that you typically get in a lot of DCU and a lot of Marvel films. You're actually having like you know this close, intimate battle between these two, and you know they're taking yeah. down all these different people and stuff. So to have that giant splash of an ending was just like, wow, this is, yeah. this is quite surprising. Oh, that's true. I think you really nailed one of the things I like. I mean, we're right into it at this point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You really nailed one of the things I really liked about this film is that this is not one of those intimate battles between Batman and the villain. This is this is a detective story. Um, you know, like, yes, there is some cat and mouse there, but this is not one-on-one Batman chasing the Riddler. This is... This is more of a mental deduction game, I think, which I personally really loved about this film. Yeah, same, because I can't remember what episode of my podcast I did this, but I went on a bit of a rant about how action Batman has been done to death. You know, we've seen Ooh. campy action Batman, we've seen over-the-top action Batman, we've seen, yep. you know, grounded, gritty, realistic action Batman. Like, action yep. Batman for me has just been done, and anyone that's familiar with the graphic novels knows that he's nicknamed the world's greatest detective. Yep. So. Like, if, if your whole thing in life is I want to see action and that's all I want to see and that's what you go into this film expecting or hoping because you're like, hey, it's Batman, yeah. you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. And I feel richer for it because I feel like they've actually gone out there and made quite a cohesive film that in a lot of ways is like Seven but lacking the horror and in a lot of ways is a Batman film. But you're right, lacking the origin story, lacking the mother's pills, you know, coming <laughs> off her neck and the gunshot outside the theater and all that. And it's so much better for it. It's so much better for it. It's like the the most recent reboot of Spider-Man where they're like, you all know he gets bit by a spider. We don't need to show that. You know, yeah. it's, it's the same in this. And I, I sort of appreciate it because going back to the graphic novels again, there's a Frank Miller series called Batman Year One where we basically pick up around Batman and he's only just started being doing what he's doing and he's wearing a funky suit and not all the police like him. In fact, they all think he's a bit of a knob and, and as it goes on, you know, they start to grow an appreciation for him. And I feel like this is, well, it is because they, they acknowledge that he's been doing this for three years. And I yep. feel like that's an awesome way to drop into this and be like, yes, he's been established. Yes, he's fought criminals. Yes, everybody's terrified of him. They know who he is. There's still some people on the police force that hate him, despise him, don't really agree with what he's, with what he's doing. At the same time, we're all getting a whole bunch of other people that are like, you know, like love and respect him because he's beaten the crap out of criminals and they wish they could, but if they've sworn, you know, to uphold the law type stuff. So 
Yeah. I, I like it. I like that we've got such a unique take on Batman. I get the criticisms that a lot of people have, which is, uh, oh, they've just tried to make it as gritty as hell. They've tried to make it grittier than all the other ones. And yeah, they have. But at the same time, they've um, done away with a lot of the fluff. So, yeah. yeah. You know what? Uh, I I mean, for starters, I, I really liked the film too. I, I didn't love it. I do have some issues with it. But yep. what I do like about it, I really, really, really like. Um. But I, I actually disagree with that criticism. I do not think this is the grittiest Batman. I think it's the most grounded and the most real. I liked the fact that there's not a single vat of acid to be seen. <laughs> like, <laughs> Paul Dano's Riddler is just... Uh, he's, he's Michael Douglas in Falling Down, effectively, yes. you know? He's he's just a regular dude who's kind of had it. And, yeah, he's a conspiracy theory nutter. And I absolutely adore the kind of YouTube scene in the, the towards the end of the third <laughs> act where he's like, hey, guys, <laughs> thanks for liking and subscribing. <laughs> you want to go to my Patreon? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but I, I don't think this is the grittiest Batman. I think while it's the most grounded, I actually think there's probably more fun in this film actually than I was expecting. And I think there's more fun in this film than I would say there is in any of the Nolan verse. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree yeah. with that. The Nolan this I mean, it's they're good. They're obviously some of the greatest films ever made and like but some of the humor comes out of mocking like the Batman voice, you know? Like there's not yeah. much in the way of other humor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's or it's just played for like deeply comedic humor, you know? Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think this actually strikes a really nice balance of being fun while still being grounded. And let me say this. I went in there being like, oh, man, three hours. Am I really like, come on, really? Like, everybody knows that I, if anyone's a fan of a short film, it's me. Yep. I did not feel the runtime of this film at all. For the first time in my, for the first time that I can remember, I'll put it that way. For the first time that I can remember, I checked my phone multiple times during this film. You did? I did. And I checked it and about an hour in and I looked at my phone and went, I've got two more hours of this. Oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was that invested in having such a good time that I was like, this is really awesome. I can't believe I have two more hours of this. And then broke the cardinal sin of turned around in the movie theater, looked at my mate Kahu, who's also on my podcast and said, can you believe that's Colin Farrell? (laughs) He was like, what? He's like, we've got two more hours of this. I was ecstatic. I was stoked. It's been a rough year as far as movie watching goes. You know, it's been, uh, yeah, for like this year and most of the last year. You know, I've had to watch some absolutely horrible films and to go and watch something purely class. Well, in a lot of ways, yeah, I was just, I was so happy. Yeah, I mean, I've certainly felt the runtime of a lot of films this year, but I was amazed that with this film I didn't. I think the pacing is actually very, very well done. Yeah. I I do think, I'm not sure that it warrants its runtime. Like, I think, like I said, I think the story is actually quite basic and is told quite quickly. And I do think that there is some filler in the film, particularly towards the third act. But I I didn't feel, I didn't feel the runtime at all. I didn't, like, I'm even a toilet goer in films. Yeah. <laughs> and I was able to hold on for the whole three hours. I just, even though I had several beers in me, <laughs> I just didn't feel it. Same. As, as someone who has a bladder the size of an acorn, I was quite <laughs> surprised to to be able to hold on. Like There was there was the action scene, or the main action scene, which is the car chase. The car oh, chase, yeah. Oh, 
Oh, so good. So absolutely yeah. good. But that was a great scene. After that scene, I was like, now's your time. I was like, nah, no, it's not. Just <laughs> just hold on, man. You can do this. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking for like nearly 15 odd minutes and haven't really gotten into the crux of it. So let's no. let's do this thing. Let's start with the cast. Um, are you one of the people who, from the very first mention of the Battenson, were you excited about that casting or were you cautiously optimistic or were you not keen at all? Like, where were you on Arpat's before going in and then after having seen it? I really enjoy Arpat's. I yeah. am not one of the subscribers of the, he's the Twilight guy, just like I'm not a subscriber yeah. of the Radcliffe being the Potter guy. Or- oh, Radcliffe fucking rocks. Hey, Radcliffe he's terrible. Is he's terrible in the Harry Potter films. He's so bad in them. Yeah. But like, he was he was a kid. <laughs> like, he was a kid. But Arpat's I- I actually out acts. Radcliffe in Harry Potter, which is yes. the funniest thing of it. But I, I love that. Like, there's the holy trio of um, those two and Elijah Wood, which are in these massive franchises. Yeah. They could have done massive franchise films for the rest of their lives and then have just chosen to go out there and just do some of the weirdest stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I mentioned it on my podcast, there's a, there's a part there where you see a shot of a diner that said Good Times. And I loved him in Good Time. A lot of people hate that film with a passion. You know, yeah, right. it's by the guys that did Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems, yeah, the yeah, Safety yeah. Brothers. The Safety Brothers. It's got that intensity, that real horribleness about it, but it's like he's just this one man on a mission to try and rescue his brother in that film. You know, I'm not going to go into it because, like, if, if you're into really weird, harrowing, almost like the Odyssey but told in a New York setting, it's like yep. it's real grimy. reminds you of the Scorsese films of the 70s. It's like... And I loved him in it. I thought he was amazing. When he popped up in Tenet, I thought, okay, there's our future James Bond. There's our future Bruce Wayne. It's right there. Like, he's just done his audition tape to be that. And then when he came into this film, I'll I'll say it. I I liked him as Batman. I liked the conflict. I liked the quieter scenes. I didn't really like how much of an asshole he was to Alfred, but, you know, is what it is. But the only criticism I have about his acting performance and something I wish we'd done with this character is I wish they'd made him just a playboy, like almost like a Jack Sparrow, almost yeah. like a flirty, on the verge of being creepy, you know, like persona that he puts on. Like when we see him show up at the funeral, I would have loved it if our pets just popped down. I was like, hey, how you going? Hey, what's up? But like for yeah. a brief second before that, he's like, oh, here we go. I've got to put on the Bruce <laughs> Wayne. You know what I mean? And then he gets yeah. out and he's just like, hey, you know, I, just- I- Totally agree with you. And the thing about it is that thematically, I completely understand the choice yeah. because that's that's what this film is about. And and I must honestly, the one thing I don't love about the film is I do think that the screenplay is a bit weak. And that's where I say I don't think it warrants its runtime. For a three-hour film, this is not a film that really has much to say or much going on beyond the surface of the story. There's very little character development in this film, like which is fine. That's what it is. We all know the character. That's why there's no backstory given. We all know the character. But that's where I don't think it warrants its runtime. And thematically, I get that choice because what this film is about is the fact that he's, you know, and the Riddler outright says it to him, you know, during the climax where those two meet, you know, I can see that you're actually who you are when you're in the mask. You know, that Bruce Wayne is more of a mask for you than Batman is. And one thing I really like that the film does is it finally plays with the concept that while Batman is a hero, Bruce Wayne is not. 
Bruce Wayne is not a hero. Like, he could choose to really, really help his city. He has the funds to actually, like, Gotham is a slum. The entire city of Gotham is, like, the worst place on Earth. And he actually has the means to do something about it. But instead, he's just this angry, bitter man who dresses up like a bat and just, like, beats people up. Like, he's actually a bit of a shit bloke. (laughs) He he is. I like the fact that this movie finally plays with that. But I agree with you that I missed Playboy Bruce Wayne and and that is where I think R. Pats's acting is not the best. He's he's best from the nose down. Like yeah. when he's in the cowl, he's incredible. I don't love his hair as Bruce Wayne. <laughs> oh no, there's there's an emo cat and a half. That is. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I agree with you that I don't love the Bruce Wayne we get in this film. No, I don't. And it's it's a shame because I feel like they would have added something different because you know, like you look at the two previous iterations. Ben Affleck should have been perfect as Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne, yeah. Ben Affleck. You know, Ben oh. Affleck early two thousands before everything went sideways for him. Maybe he's a fucking dreamboat. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stand Ben Affleck. But um, but the the Christian Bale one, he was just pay, playing Patrick Bateman. You know, just American yeah. psycho, this quietly, confidently assured smug. And you like, we kind of want the Bruce Wayne from the Batman animated TV series, which I think is the only time he's been really done that justice of being this like billionaire playboy. The only thing I will say. Though to the you could do more of your money thing, like we do get a tease at that where you know Alfred says the accountants are coming over. If you keep burning for all your money like you're doing, we're going to be broke before yeah. you know it. And and yeah. I like that because I like the idea that you know they clearly establish this relationship between him and Alfred, where Alfred tries to offer him advice and tries to steer him in different directions, and he's clearly just doing whatever the hell he wants to do. And so yeah. part of me feels like that that's conveyed in the film when. You know, Zoe Kravitz said, or whoever was confronting him about it and said, oh, you know, you could do more of your money or, you know, maybe it was Alfred sort of thing. It's like, he's clearly just chosen this path of like, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to go fly around town, dressed up in a Halloween costume and just beat the crap out of people. That's right. It's a choice he's made. It's a choice he's made. Yeah. He could be doing so much more to help his city. And and in his head, he is by beating people up. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if you've if you fight the problem at the source and actually like help the community grow, then maybe there, maybe it won't be a town full of crims. Cause like, honestly you could throw a stone in Gotham and hit a bad guy is the vibe you get from this film. Yeah. And I do love, uh, I do love the way they conveyed and sort of showed to you that the ones with money are also just as bad as the poor, you know, like yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Like finding out about his parents and like the Arkham's and everyone that, you know, within the government and like the DA and all that sort of stuff. It was quite good to show it's not just the poor people. It's not just the openly out and out gangsters, you know, yeah. the Maronis and the Falcones of the world. Like it's just, it's everyone, which I thought was pretty good. It does like you're right in terms of character development. I feel like they just lumped it all on Zoe Kravitz's head or shoulders, yeah. I should say. And man, did she run with it. She was easily the highlight of the film for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So she's your best on ground. Yeah, absolutely. Like she, she's just, She's a bit of a revelation at the same time, like she she knew the assignment, you know, like she yeah. showed up and knew I have to be this sizzling yet vulnerable, confident yet broken like woman who's like on yeah. a mission and, um, you know, has to create this role. And like, it's, it's fascinating how much she brings to this, like how Robert Pattinson was able to keep a like straight face with her acting in front of him. No idea. Absolutely <laughs> no idea whatsoever. She she's smouldering, and at the same time, she's you know conflicted and 
yeah intriguing and like like as we find out about her backstory and what's motivating her you're just like wow this is this is exactly what you want from a cat woman exactly yeah yeah and she's also not just there for sex appeal either like you said she does she just instantly you know it's just who she is she has this kind of smoldering on-screen chemistry but they know the filmmaker knows like matt reeves knows that and so he doesn't need to go over the top this is not one of like yes she's dressed in leather but I don't feel like that's really highlighted like it has been in some of the other films where it's like, hey, check out this Catwoman. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, no, yeah, no, she's... there's no lingering Michael Bay perverted shots on yeah. the body parts, you know. It's, yeah. yeah. It's very well. And she is, she is wonderful. I loved her in Big Little Lies as well. And and obviously she she's voiced Catwoman before as well in the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree that she's fantastic. I actually, I don't think there's a bad performance in this film. I think- Paul Dano is wonderful with this version of the Riddler, and I really like, like I said, the groundedness of the characters in this film. I think he's he's very good with what he has to do. I don't think, you know, like I said, I don't think that s- story is this film's strong suit, and I don't think he has a lot to work with. He's very one note, but he plays that note well. Yeah, I found Dano's performance pretty good. You know, like like the Riddler as a character has always been this like sniveling mess of a man who's like a C-list uh, villain. But I mean, most people can name him, but I'd say C-list in terms of the DC universe because you know, like he's like a knockoff Joker, but without the sociopathy or the intrigue or any of that sort of stuff. Like he just seems like he's like the he's the kid at school that gets bummed out in front of the entire class and then comes back to school the next day and like tries to you know shoot someone down and then that person he's trying to shoot down has a way wittier retort and then he goes away and he comes back the next day tries to bum out that person again like he's that guy you know he's that just yeah. persistent annoying probably going to go up to be a politician type guy like he's just <laughs> yeah always got trying to trying to look like he knows what he's talking about but ultimately no one listens to him yeah <laughs> I mean, so where where were you on on Colin Farrell then? While we're talking villains, you know, as our other villain, the Penguin. Yeah, I don't think it warranted enough for a TV series, but good on him. He's got that out yeah. of it. He's going to spin. That's curious. <laughs> curious, yeah. I mean, is that going to be a prequel or a sequel to this? I feel like it's going to be a bridging the gap sequel. Like I feel like we're going to see the rise of Penguin. Okay, gonna, that's how I feel. In, I mean, yeah, okay. He's basically now in a vacuum of power where he can rise to it and create himself as the most powerful gangster in in Gotham. Maybe yeah. we'll introduce a couple of other bad guys, and then I feel like we've just gone back to that Gotham TV series that came out in the early 2010s, where yeah, it, it, it was the you know it was the the story of all the villains and Gordon. Yeah, and so because I can't imagine Patterson showing up in the TV series. I can't imagine Zoe Kravitz showing up in the TV series. I feel I like it'll be very very focused on Colin Farrell. And there's an Arkham TV series coming out as well, so maybe they'll, maybe they'll be intertwined. But yeah, yeah, right. I, I am actually, I was surprised, and this is probably naive of me. I, look, this is the Batman. It's a comic book film. Mm. I, for some reason, did not think I was going into a franchise film. I was surprised with the setup to a sequel at the end. It's the one thing that surprised me because all we've heard is talk about how, you know, the DC is moving towards these kind of smaller bite-sized films that are not part of a larger thing. They're moving away from all that. Like, this is its own thing. The Joker is its own thing. And then at the end, we get a tease for a sequel. And I'm like, well, why the fuck are we doing that? <laughs> like, <laughs> And what does this mean for all of these other franchises? We've already now had another Joker reboot. 
which again was meant to be standalone, and now I believe they're talking about a sequel to that as well. Absolutely, yep. yep. So we're now going to have three Jokers <laughs> across different franchises with Barry Cogan in the Batman 2, I guess. We still have Jared Leto kicking around in weird, you know, that kind of crap DC universe. Yep. And, and then we've got Joaquin doing his thing. It's just... I was very surprised with that play at the end. Did that surprise you or we did you think that that's what this was? I Hollywood loves money, man. That's all I can say. Yeah. Like Hollywood loves money. If something's successful and they feel like they can bleed it dry, then they'll they'll do that. So that's the reason why I feel like we're seeing a sequel to the Joker. That's why I feel like we're going to see a sequel to the Batman. Uh, you know, there's enough people out there that are screaming restore the Snyderverse, so that's why we're <laughs> going to get the Flash. That's why we're going to get Aquaman 2. That's why we're going to yeah. get oh, I don't know. Who knows what they're going to petition for next? We'll probably get a yeah. whole trilogy of Superman movies with Henry Cavill. I've got oh Shazam, that's being made as well. Like there's there's other yeah. films out there. Yep. So what I feel like they're going to do is for the Flash film, which is going to be the Flashpoint paradox, where spoiler alerts yep. for the Flash, but he's basically going to travel to alternate dimensions. I feel like we're going to see these film universes pop up in each of them, and then they'll be able to say, "This is Earth One. That's Earth Two. That's Earth Three. Yeah. That's Earth Sixty Nine. <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah. we're going to get that. So I feel like they can give themselves the scope to do whatever they want. You know, they've they've realized they didn't pace it out or set up the set up the supporting characters and the characters enough like the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe did. So I feel like they've just gone, look, we own these properties, we want to make these into movies. Let's yeah. just do it. You know, throw it all at the wall. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, there's a highly successful thrash, uh, Flash TV series. There's a highly like Gotham was quite successful. There's Arrow. There's um, the Superman TV series. Like, they're still making TV series and making, uh, you know, movies on top of that sort of thing. So I feel like yeah, yeah, Hollywood loves money. Yeah, I mean, let me ask you this because I have my answer. As good as this film was, are you excited for a sequel? Because I'm not at all. That that tagline just pissed me off like when we saw barry gogan's you know uncredited joker very clearly the joker even though he's credited as i don't know random cellmate number two or something yeah i it just got me the opposite of excited i'll tell you what this is my biggest uh my biggest complaint i'll say that about this film is that i feel like we had five endings too many and i feel like that tease felt like warner brothers going look you know, this is probably still going to be a successful film, but let's just chuck chuck the Joker in there. And yeah. and Reeves going, I don't really want to do that. And them going, look, just put him in. You know, we've got this actor, up and comer. We'll, we'll make him, you know, have a little line and snippet and stuff. And yeah. like Batman Begins did a really good job of at the end, they said, hey, we found this new psychopath. And then they gave him the Joker playing card. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was enough of a tease. That was enough to go, wow. You know, and, and in this, they could have cut it of like, you've made a friend in here. They tried to make a clown out of you. Something like yeah. that. Could have left it to that. Don't need the cackle. Don't need the, you know, close up of his mutated jokerish face. You know, we could have had a little subtle tease and that would have been enough for us to go, woo. Yeah. Yeah. How different do you think this film would have been? had it continued down the path of the Batfleck, which is when this film was first announced, even with Matt Reeves as director, it was still Affleck, I believe. At first he was signed on to direct and then Reeves took over, but but Affleck was still the Batman at that point, uh, unless my memory's wrong. That, that's a completely different film. 
Listeners, if you want to go over and listen to movie reviews in 20 Qs, I am covering... Oh, I feel like I'm on an episode at the moment because we covered a lot of this. I even petitions that I would have enjoyed a Ben Affleck uh, and Jim Carrey as the Riddler. I would have liked that. Oh, that'd be fucking dope. That would be amazing. Not not the, yeah. not the Riddler that we know, but Jim Carrey now, the disheveled, the seen some shit dude. The, yeah. You know, like the... Almost like the Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind, Jim Carrey, or the Man yep. on the Moon, Jim Carrey. Like, take that mm. weird, broken Jim Carrey, chuck him into that, have him sh- like you know, have that sort of um, f- feeling of iniquity, or you know, like no self, you know, like basically lack of um, like self confidence and all that sort of stuff. Jim yep. Carrey could easily swallow that up and have that going up as a sniveling villain against a Ben Affleck, who's obviously as well seen some shit and doesn't know why he's still yeah. doing this, but. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. What about you? Recommend that would have worked. Uh, that sounds amazing to me. That sounds absolutely incredible. That's what I was going to say. I think even though this is about a young Bruce Wayne, this story just as easily works with an old kind of end of his rope Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Like I think that this absolutely would have worked done like that. And man, yeah, Jim Carrey would have been fucking great. It would have been meta as hell, you know, like we know he's yeah. this over the top crazy version of the Riddler to have him come back and play a different version of the Riddler would have been like, what the, this is, yeah. this is something else. I, the one awesome piece of trivia that I'll add to that as well is that Paul Dano's glasses were the same glasses that Jim Carrey was wearing in Batman Forever, which I've yeah, just right. seen on seen on the internet today and I thought that <laughs> is pretty outstanding. That's like, a nice touch. Like the, the glasses he was wearing before he became the Riddler, like, you know, when he was still, you know, just this nerd, you know, type version yeah. of himself, the Jim Carrey one. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> hey, let's let's talk about score. What do you think about the score, Billy? Let's do it. <laughs> You're ticking <laughs> off some Billy Bingo, mate. <laughs> I was gonna get to the score. Um, I've seen a lot of people raving about this score. A lot of people I really, really respect. Paul from The Countdown, who's a big scorehead, much like me. I've seen him raving about this score. I liked this score. I didn't love this score. I thought lots of it was very nice. I liked the the more kind of romantic Batman Catwoman theme. Holy shit, Tony's in the chat. What are, you, what are you doing here, mate? Which one of you two is... La Winger Ratta. <laughs> the, 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 the rat with wings? The Rattalado. <laughs> I, I think you'll find it's La, oh, la Ratta something. No, you made a mistake, mate. It's L. <laughs> Even I know that. <laughs> well, what did you think of the movie, Tove? Um, I, was, I was soundly positive on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed myself. Yeah. Um. I was expecting to like our pats because our pats, quite frankly, fucking rules. Yeah, yeah. we've covered um, that, mate. <laughs> yeah, I was good. If you if you were here thirty three minutes ago, you'd know that we I was spoke occupied. About our pats, yeah, Billy blowing his load. <laughs> yeah, our pats was great. We we were just talking score, mate, which I know is one of your favourite things when I talk about. Ah, some of Giacchino's best work in years, I would say, Billy. Well, Same. that's what I've heard. That's where I was getting. I've heard that, and I liked the score, but I didn't love it. I liked a lot of it. The main theme I found extremely distracting because it is just the first four opening notes of the Imperial March repeated. So every time it played, I just kept in my head going, "Do the rest, do the do the rest of the march," because it's just so it should have just been full Nevada the whole time, just Nevada the whole time. Dun dun dun, like that's it repeated, and I'm like. This is the Imperial March, bro. Like, it's good and it works, but just play the rest of the fucking march. <laughs> Mate, Jaws, you, two notes, all you need. Absolutely. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> what more do you want? <laughs> so you you enjoyed the score, did you, Tove? I don't know. Who cares about score? <laughs> exactly. I brought it up just to troll him, but he's gone fucking full fucking rant on it. Ah, good stuff. Um, Sam, I know you liked it. I did. Billy, did you did you like it? Did I like the bat? Well, I guess we're kind of at that point. Do you have anything else to add, Sam? Yeah. Uh, I oh. haven't even talked about what I thought about the score. Okay. Well, what did you think of the score? Fucking terrible. It literally. <laughs> It was amazing. It was amazing. Look, the production level on this film was awesome. I liked how well it was shot. I liked the use of score. I liked everything around it. Favorite scene by far was uh, all real, which I found amazing to f- read the trivia about, which is the gunshots in the uh, hallway. So they basically yeah. gave them the guns with the blanks and said, okay, we've got one chance of shooting this. Let's go. And nailed it. How much time have you spent talking about um close personal friend of mine, Greg Fraser? <laughs> we haven't yet, mate. <laughs> Good. So Lord. let's do that while you're here. I the cinematography is great. Like like I said at the start, there's a lot to like about this film, but everything I like, I do really, really, really like. I don't think it's an amazing film, but I think lots of it really works. And the cinematography is one of those things. It's a good looking film. Mm. Do you know how? Um, like to get to get nerdy about it. <laughs> do you know the lengths they went to to get the look that they got? What are we talking lengths here? Are we talking like so the, Zack the film- Snyder buying up all those stupid fucking lenses for? <laughs> well, kind of. Except this movie looks good. Um, so the film was shot digitally. I, I would then not tr- have guessed that actually. So then it was transferred to celluloid, run through a beach, a bleach bypass seven style, yeah, and then transferred back to film, back to digital. Sorry, to get the. The grain and you know whatever whatever film wankery shit that they were after was that done? He says film pro- wankery while going on the biggest film wankery rant <laughs> of ever. Nerd, do you? I'm comfortable with who I am, Sam. <laughs> do you know was that done prior to or after adding digital effects? That I can't tell you. Okay, I wasn't there. That would be interesting to know, actually, because that would make. I don't, a I don't think there were difference. any digital effects, mate. They just they just did it all. <laughs> Every, everything fully real. <laughs> Bolted a camera to that Batmobile, and yeah. we're like, "Have at it, Arpats!" Yeah. No, not even, not even a stunt driver, not even a stunt driver. Yeah. You've got to do it. Yeah. Arpats didn't even know they were filming. He was just really pissed at Colin Farrell. <laughs> I'm kind of pissed at Colin Farrell. Why is that? People who are not well, people who are not sickeningly handsome need jobs too. <laughs> Let's not put fat suits yeah. on the most handsome man on earth and let some, you know. Some not movie star looking people have a fucking job. Okay, okay, you okay. know what? Okay, hypocrite alert. But I didn't mind it. But man, alive, do I want to find Jared Leto in an alley and beat the crap out of him for doing that Gucci movie? You know, like making himself ugly and fat sooner than that. You can't take that away from us. You can't. But Farrell gets a pass. He's, yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. Here's the thing for me. They they just made Colin Farrell look like Richard Kind when Richard Kind is a person who exists. He's an actor who hasn't worked in years. Richard Kind could have smashed this role. That's a good point. If you don't know I who I'm talking people, about, I mean, he Google was a Richard lot of fun. Kind. Colin Farrell was Farrell great, was a lot of fun. Although he was yes. doing a Devito impersonation, like I I, I saw. No, Dude, I, I watched Batman Returns no, 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 literally no, no, the no. day before this, and there was not a lot in common <laughs> no, with those penguins. Not not Devito as the penguin. But if you close your eyes and listen to Colin Farrell talk in this film, 
it's DeVito's regular voice. Like I, I rewatched a Friends episode recently where DeVito guest starred as a stripper, and I swear, and he was an over the top Italian mobster. Yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> I swear, Colin Farrell is just channeling DeVito's voice in this film. So you're saying, but that ignoring actor, the penguin. So you're saying the actor playing a New York gangster Italian did a New York gangster Italian voice. Is that what you're <laughs> yeah. saying? Shocking. Wow. <laughs> Which is Danny DeVito's default voice because he's an Italian New York. Yeah, wow. I know, it's crazy, right? Man. (laughs) You also sounded like Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. (laughs) How am I funny, Sam? (laughs) Go get your fucking shoebox. How are you scoring this then, Sam? Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up my score, if I didn't use the same score I gave on my own podcast. So I'm going to give this 12 out of 10. 12 out of 10. I'm joking, I'm joking. It's a (laughs) 9. Nine. I just threw okay. up the hyperbole just to annoy Topher. Didn't get ready to get much of a bite. It, it worked. <laughs> I flinched. I flinched. Just cringe. No, it's a solid nine for me. Like as far as comic book films go, it's a nine. As far as film film goes, it's probably about a seven or an eight. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, Topher. Then I mean, while you're here, just like stealing our thunder. Um, what I mean, what are you scoring this film? I haven't really spoken Did- to you too much about this. Yeah, I dug it. Um, like I, w- I would say, two hours in, I was a uh, like a very solid seven, probably knocking down the door of an eight. Right. I yep. wasn't as into the third act of the film. I probably came back to a soft seven. Yeah, I'm exactly the same score. I'm a soft seven. I think this film is, you know, as far as seven goes, it's closer to a six than it is an eight for me. And like I said, I actually didn't feel the runtime at all. It's like that's not the issue for me. I think it comes down to the screenplay, honestly, of the film, which I think is just a little bit weak. Like I said, I don't think it warrants its runtime because this is not a film that really has anything to say. It's not a film that develops its characters. I think it cares about its characters, and that's nice. But He literally goes into the light building. Mm. He's got a fucking flare. He's got a flare, and they're following after him. <laughs> He's chosen so, not to well, be vengeance, he's hope. Uh, uh, Sam he's Liberty, like, he's the Statue of Liberty, no, man, come I'm on. So, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but the voiceover in the final scene is one of the weakest bits of writing in the history of cinema. It is fucking cheese. It is It is just melted cheese. That entire thing about being hope, it, 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 was, it was weak, man. <laughs> I'm definitely here enough for a sequel even without them putting in a post-credit scene before the credits rolled. I liked that it was part of the film and not a post-credit scene because I would have fucking hated to have sat through 10 minutes of credits to see that scene. It just shouldn't be there. It gave me the raging irritation. That's exactly what I said to Sam. I said that. And you know, you know that I'm totally here for our guy, Barry King. Yeah, yeah, he's the man. Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. The first thing I thought of was killing as a sacred deer. Yeah, give me the Joker with a bowl of spaghetti <laughs> threatening the Batman. Who does yeah. not want to see that? I don't know if it's just because my expectations were wrong, but I did not walk into this expecting a franchise film, even though it's the Batman. There's been nothing but talk about how this is standalone and DC is moving towards standalone films. And then when that scene came up, I shat my pants with rage. That's extreme. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry for you and everyone. It could have been the spicy wings I had at the cinema. Some poor (laughs) motherfucker had to clean your feet, bro. That's fucking horrible, man. (laughs) Billy's like, I used to have your job, your turn. <laughs> oh, it's true. You know, I once I once walked into a cinema and a dude was having a cheeky wank. Have I told you that story? I think I was in the cinema where that happened. I think you were the you. dude. 
it was <laughs> it's it, it was it was Casino Royale, actually. I so, mean, fair enough. So the cinema had only just opened. I'd Daniel only been Craig there a couple of tub. weeks. What's, what do you <laughs> yeah, think? yeah, Craig coming out of the water. <laughs> That's as awkward as the time you called in sick to go to the same cinema, sat down, and your boss was next to you. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was that was not a good day, and that was in the gold class cinema as well. So we were literally like, there's a row of four seats. the The entire row is only four seats, <laughs> and you've got her husband, herself, then me, and an empty seat. <laughs> Fucking moron! Come on, come on, Billy. The seat was not empty, was it? <laughs> like how how much how much candy was on that seat? <laughs> that, that, that was a bad day. <laughs> were you were you sat in there and then she came in, or did you walk in, see her, and go, I, "Oh fuck it, I'm going to get fired anyway"? And sit. Yeah, no, I, I was sat down first, and then she came in. She oh. was actually on leave that day. I I was not. I had written on my whiteboard that I was at a meeting. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Because I used to work, like, with nobody else around me. So I just had this whiteboard and I would just write whatever I wanted on it, you know, at a meeting. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Until that day. All right, fellas, I'm going to go watch some more sport, but it's uh, it was a pleasure to catch well, up with you. Yeah, you thanks thanks just... for popping in, mate. You, you have a good one. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Well, I, I think that just about closes us out on the Batman um, unless you have anything else to add before we were rudely interrupted. Yes, how, how rude. Uh, no, nah, nothing more. Yeah, I mean, I've got other thoughts, but I've, as I said, you can go listen to my, my own podcast. Well, why, I mean, why don't, why don't you give your podcast a plug, mate? Where can the people find you? I don't know. <laughs> uh, search out movie reviews and 20 cues. I'm sure Billy will put a link down in the show notes. All you guys are already listening, but uh, yeah, go check us out. We take a movie, we ask 20 questions about it, have a hell of a lot of time doing it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely check it out. If you're listening to this show, you already know how much I love Sam and his show and his wife and Liz. <laughs> they're, they're all great. I've had them all on. Now I need to, like, close the the infinity gauntlet of MRI to QS. I need to get, like, Kahu and Machu on this show as well. Oh, I would love to hear what movie they would pick, and I would love to hear you talk about Have you done Office Space? Because Kahu would always do Office I haven't, but it's one of my favorite films. <laughs> okay, yeah, if you do Office Space, get Kahu for that, and if you are going going to do a film with much you do commando it's his favorite film of all time i've never seen commando so yeah i know these guys you're all a billy bingo catchphrase never seen, it. <laughs> never seen that you're always ripping on me for that <laughs> uh but th- thanks again for joining me man this has been awesome next week i'll be joined by paul from the countdown doing a recap of the oscars and talking about power of the dog uh jane campion film she's obviously in favor at the moment nope. so <laughs> <laughs> the massive rise and fall of uh, a New Zealander that lives in Australia, so we're now making her an Australian. She's said <laughs> some pretty horrific yeah. things about the Williams sisters. The Williams, she's getting cancelled. <laughs> she's getting cancelled, and you know, like you can see the sentiment or the intention of what she was trying to make, but why? Why just say that? What? You know, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to defend her at all. I just. It was bizarre. No, it, I mean it was a very, very silly thing to say. And here's the thing: the reason Paul and I are doing Power of the Dog is because, I mean, I expect that that's going to be the winner for Best Picture. Like that's certainly the favorite. But now I don't know if that's still the case. <laughs> that's a real good question. Is like when does Oscar voting close, and is this enough to affect people? Because I don't think it is. I think most. Um, you know, woke white people in Hollywood probably don't care what she said, you know? So, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. 
So I guess we'll see what happens there. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and I'll catch you next week. And I'll be back for Morbius. Morbius.